being single, I, I have a lot of time, a lot of time to study, and I, I do. I study a lot. I read a lot. I watch a lot of videos, just a lot of videos. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if y'all watch much of Lester Summerall, but he's amazing. Uh, Kenneth Hagan, I watch a lot of Kenneth Hagan and Curry Blake. Um, I study a lot of Curry Blake normally the, the whole week before we have the, the river teams at my house. Uh, I study that mostly then. Um, and not just the session coming up, but a lot of his stuff because it all kind of runs together and it's just good information. Studying Kenneth Hagan a lot, listen to a lot of his stuff and he's, it's, it's really powerful listening to his life story and how he got where he is and the faith he has. The faith he's had over the years for, for finances, when there was none, for everything that he's got. But one day I was listening to him about a month, maybe a month and a half ago. And he, he presented these four things. He didn't elaborate on them, but it was, it was like he was setting everybody up for the next message. And I've never found the next message that it had to do with. So I studied it out on my own. And he had come up with four things that... Um, that I wrote on my chalkboard in my house. You know, I've got that space on my wall in my house that I, I chalk painted it so I could write on it. And uh, so there's just things that happen. You know, Pastor, uh, we were talking one day and he made the comment, covenants have no details. Well, wow, that was a good one. You know, you're gonna be the father of many nations. Your, your children are gonna be like the sands of the sea. There was no how there. It was just, by the way, this is what you're going to have. And so it, that was a good one. So that's on my board. And then I got into this thing about today, that word today. It, it seems so simple, but every time you see it in scripture, it, it's got all this kind of important stuff tied to it. So I did a, I've been doing a long study on that. I'm sure y'all will reap the benefit of that one day. But the thing that, that uh, Kenneth Hagin had said that, that I thought was just amazing, it was talking about how we can exercise our spirit. That our spirit, naturally, we have our spirit. But then when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, it works with our spirit. But like I was talking in River Team briefly last night, we have to exercise that spirit. We can't just say, we got it. And so now do your thing. We have to exercise it. We have to take advantage of, of what it has. So there was four things he said, and, I'll, and I'm gonna build on those. One of them was meditate in the word. That's not too bad. Uh, practice the word, which is really not bad. You know, don't just study it. The third one was give word first place in your life. Give the word first place in your life. And the last one was instantly obey the voice of your spirit. So I want to elaborate on all those as, as we go through this next uh, hour and a half. So, um, Wendy, I'm kidding. Uh, so I know for a long time in my life, I spent time, and I used to accuse people of it, that I would come up with this great thing to do for God. And then I would start that. And then I would go ask God to bless it. So I created my own path before I checked on his idea on that, whether he liked it or not. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of us have done it in our lifetime. You know, uh, I, the scripture I, I quote like every other day is uh, 
what was said to Moses by his father-in-law, that good thing you do is not good. You know, we all have the best intentions, but sometimes the better intention is to, is to get other people involved, to build on it. But so many times I just went out there on my own. And, and then, then you think, well, did I feel that? Is that real? Was it heartburn? What was it? What made me move in that direction? And so the only way you can know for sure that you're not just working on your own is if you read the word, study the word, get in the word, live the word, that's how you know. I mean, it's a great test. Is it in the word? Is it, is it, is it God's will? We talked about earlier that with the mind of Christ, the scripture says that, that the Lord gives us the desires of our heart. And, you know, as a young Christian, I thought, well, all right, I want to win the lottery. So the Lord's going to let me win the lottery. But what he meant was he makes his desires our desires. They become part of who we are. So when we, when we become a Christian, when we uh, get, as we've said many times in many different places, we get that download. Then as we seek him, then his desires become our desires. But then you have to say, well, how do you seek him? There was one time I was listening to one of uh, uh, Miss Debbie's service, sermons she did, and she made a comment that there was a woman in the church came to her and said, you keep saying... Seek the Lord with your whole heart. She said, how do I know if I, if I am seeking him with my whole heart? And Debbie's answer was, have you found him yet? And she said, keep seeking. In other words, it never stops. Seeking him with our whole heart means seeking to do things the way he would want us to do them. That we, if we're going to say that we are, that Christ dwells in us, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, then that means we need to be acting like it. That means that everything we do has to have some background in, in who he is. That when people do see us, they say he's different. We talked about it last night in River Teams, that, that all these people that say, uh, you may be the only Jesus people see today. Well, I, I've thought a lot about that. And, and, and that's true, but mainly, it, first and foremost, it's the people that know you that they, they see something in you, that they recognize something maybe different in you. Treat everybody great. Be the best you can be for everybody's benefit. But I'm telling you, the people that are around you that have known you your whole life, they're the ones that are most affected by the change in you. Because it's like the prodigal brother. You know, the prodigal son came home, the brother wasn't too happy about it. I stayed here and I did all the work and, you're, and you, he's already squandered his and you're giving him more. But what did he say? He said, but the son that was dead is now alive. That's us. That's us. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we made Jesus our Lord. So we're now alive. I was talking to a lady today in Gwen, And it turned into a Jesus talk. And I love it. That, that's what I love about my job. Is I can do that all day. Six or seven times a day. And, and she was talking about her son, how he had this struggle in committing to the Lord because he didn't want to give anything up. But she said once he figured it out, that he learned how much freedom he had. That the freedom that comes with, with being in the Lord, it's amazing. It's amazing. You don't worry about things as you did. So anyway, um, so 
if we're going to if we're going to get the plan, then we have to do what Matthew six uh, six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So above all, above all, above our work, above our our leisure, our recreation, above all, if we seek what He wants, and 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 not just in study, that's that's huge. But if we seek Him in the way we treat people, we have to look back at ourselves and say. Is that the way he would have? Is you know everybody wore bracelets for years. The WWJD. What would Jesus do? And I think it just got to where it it almost cheapened it because everybody wore one and it lost its meaning. It lost its meaning. It's like if one day they found a deposit of diamonds that you could just pick them up off the ground, then their value's gone. If you make it flippant, if if you're married and you and you just kind of walk by your spouse and bump them on the elbow and say, love you, have a nice day, it kind of loses something, doesn't it? That's the way we treat God a lot of times. When we seek him, we say we're seeking him. Sometimes that people say, well, I do my devotion every morning. I spend a good 15 minutes on that. Um, that's not a relationship. That's just not a relationship. He wants us to seek him not only in our studies, but in the way we live our lives. And, and looking back on ourselves, am I seeking him in the way I live? Would people look at me and say, he's different? I mean, no doubt they look at me and say, boy, he's different. But they don't mean it that way. It, it's, uh, it's, they've got to see God in us. So uh, Brother Hagen says that just like training our body, that we should also train the spirit. And I got thinking about, you know, when I was a, a little kid, dad was so kind as to teach me how to drive when I was eight or nine. But, you know, it's part of what we did for work. I needed to know how to drive. But, you know, you think about it, and a lot of people have gifted their grandkids their car when they pass away. And sometimes Mama and Papa kind of go away way early before the kid can drive. So there's a car. It, it's, it's clean. It's nice. It's perfect. It's maintained. It's got gas in it. Battery's up, they got the keys, and all they can do is sit in it and listen to the radio because they just don't have the training to use it. They don't know what to use. So when, when people get saved, when they make the Lord their, their Savior, their, their Lord, when they make Jesus their Lord, they get this download. But I, I contend that, that most places don't teach them how to use that anymore, that they got their ticket punched, they're going to heaven, no doubt, but they're not living in the fullness of God. And that's where, that's where the spirit comes in. That's, that's what makes you want to be here on a Wednesday night. That's what makes you want to share Jesus with somebody else. Is that spirit welling up in you that, that the, the overflow, the overflow that just has to come out. And it's got to go somewhere. I, like I said, I love my job. I get to preach every day, multiple times a day. But... Uh, but until, and I wrote this, until we're able to access all the power that we received at the new birth, uh, we can't live in the fullness of God. It's just impossible. We'll always hear other people's anecdotal stories about how they did this, how they said that, how they healed this person, how they how they shared Jesus with that one. And we sit there and feel like, why can't I do that? 
Why can't I do that? I'm saved. I made Jesus my Lord. Why can't I do that? And, and as we talked about a little bit last night in River Teams, is sometimes the reason you don't go to that person and share Christ is because this fear you're going to fail, that they're going to reject you. The reason you don't lay hands on somebody is this fear that they're not going to get healed. Get over it. That's not your job. Your job is to do it. It's like forgiveness. We were never, it was never suggested that we forgive. We were told to forgive. You know, when the disciples were sent out, the go ye wasn't go ye when you get ready. You know, whenever you feel like you're, you're prepared for it, go ye. Instead, what did he do? When he sent them out two by two, he said, don't even take another coat or another pair of shoes. Don't even take food with you. Just go, go get it done. And, and can you imagine, they weren't even Christians yet. The Holy Spirit didn't live in them. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit was sent with them. It went with them, but he didn't live in them. So they were going out there, A, they're new at this game, and the Holy Spirit is supposed to be with them. But do you think they understood that initially? There's no way. I mean, they were with Jesus. If they understood it, then we'd have never seen the scene in the boat when Jesus was walking on the water. If they understood who he was, we wouldn't have, that would have never happened. They wouldn't have questioned it. You know, people, people talk about Peter and how Peter lost his faith. Really? He got out of the boat. Everybody else was just sitting over there going, don't do that. That's bad stuff. Same thing people told you when you said you were going to be a Christian, when they laughed at you and they made fun and, and your family said, oh, you're wasting your time. Same thing. They did it to each other. They just did they did. But anyway, so, so we're going to say that um, he said, Brother Hagin says that we need to train our spirit. Every human has a body, soul, and spirit. Not every human has a renewed spirit. So we don't. So every human has body, soul, and spirit. Uh, Curry Blake says that, that Christians can get a demon, but sinners don't need one because they already live that way. That's truth. That's absolute truth. Um, if we don't live it out, if we don't go search and find how to live it out, then we set ourselves up. Remember what the scripture says? It says that there was a guy and the demon was cast out of him and, and it was all swept clean and the demon wandered around and couldn't find anywhere else to go. So he came back and brought seven more with him. So the guy was worse off the second time than he was in the beginning. Well, that's what happens to people. You know, Pastor did a sermon a while back on the on the parable of the sower. You know, we, we know it. I, I told him the other day that I felt like that was more of the parable of the dirt because the sower sowed. That was his job. But it was the dirt that was bad or rocky or, or whatever. But, but the whole idea was is that he did it. He constantly was sowing. That's what we've got to do. We've got to constantly be sowing. But if your planter's not full or your cedar's not full, you can't plant anything. So if you don't have it built up in you and you're not full of it, you can't give it out. It's not going to happen because the first thing you're going to do is you're going to get out there and try to share Jesus with somebody and they're going to hit you with a question. And you're going to hem and haul around and then they're going to say, well, you thought you were a Christian. Well, you're, you're not. Well, it's pretty simple to study. It just really is and it's fun. It just... It gets more fun every day. And, and then the people, like I said, everybody has a body, soul, and spirit. 
We're blessed. We have a renewed spirit. But the people out there that don't have a renewed spirit, what's the scripture say? You're, you're like your father. Uh, that's what they told the Pharisees. <laughs> have a nice day. You know, your, your father, the devil. They didn't like that. I don't know why. It really bothered them. But that, that's, that's why we have to be different. If you're going to have the spirit of God in you, let the spirit of God out every once in a while for some sunshine. So, okay, so it says meditate in the word. Think, so meditate says think deeply or carefully about something. So many years, I made it my goal. For five years, I read Proverbs every day. There's 31 Proverbs. That's how I started my Bible study back in 1985. And I did it for five years, every day for five years. Granted, I saw something different just about every day that I had never seen before. And it got me in the habit of studying. But I wasn't searching. It was a goal. It was a, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with reading the Bible all the way through. It's just never been one of my goals. I've done it by accident. That's a long story. But it never was a goal just to read it all the way through. I, I, I've never read the dictionary all the way through either but I know where to look if I need to look up a word. So the same thing with this. You need to read this enough to know, A, that you're truly in study. Because if you're, if you're reading the Bible, you'll run into something that you'll think, well, I, I saw something about that back in the Old Testament. So you flip back there and go look at that. And now all of a sudden, you got this study going on that helps you understand how we got from there to here. And that from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22, it's all about Jesus, front to back, end to end. Everything in the Bible is about Jesus. So anyway, so if you're going to meditate the word, you've got you've to read it. You've got to get into it. You've got to study it. You've got you to find If there's a word in there you don't know what it means, you've got to go look it up. Because if you, don't go, if you just skip over that word, then you'll never get the whole meaning of what that, what that sentence meant, that chapter, that, that paragraph. You'll never know. So take the time to do that. It'll broaden your vocabulary for one thing, but two, it'll really open the word up to you to what it's saying. Um, and like me, I study, I read a lot, but I do listen to these other pastors all the time. I've got my earbuds in driving down the road and I'm listening to Lester Summerall. Right now, I'm doing a study with him. There are 38 segments of this study. They're all 26 minutes long. And it's on, uh, his is the, uh, it's not the new man, but it's something man. It's the, the renewed man. And it's 28 or 38 segments. That's what it is, 38, and they're all 26 minutes long. And they're really good. But every fourth one is a question and answer. People have turned in questions that he, he reads and answers. But that helps me because... He goes in when they ask a question or when he's teaching, he's, he's bringing up scripture I may not have thought of. So I'm driving down the road with a notepad, writing down a scripture that looks like a prescription. But, you know, I get home and I decipher it and, and, and look it up. Um, and then there's a lot of times, even here in church, when pastor brings up something that I may have never thought of, I make a quick note of that. Um, I call that my palm pilot because a lot of times, when I'm just riding around, uh, or if I'm on the phone with him or somebody, I'll just write it down on my hand until I get home. Because I'll just make sure I see it before I go to bed. My chalkboard on my wall. I write notes on the chalkboard. Because it reminds me of, of, of going back and looking later on. When, like, 
I think it was Thursday of last week, I was in a study that morning and I, I got through, uh, I went to brush my teeth to get ready to leave and then something hit me that was in that study. And instead of having to go back and look it back up, I went on my chalkboard and wrote it on the chalkboard. So when I came in to cook that night, I'd see it and it'd get me started back right there. That's a good thing. Not a bad thing at all. But take the time. Look up these things on YouTube. Golly. Uh, I have 340 or 81 videos in my library on YouTube from Curry Blake, Lester Summerall, Kenneth Hagen, you know, all those. And, and it's just... Uh, it's refreshing. It just is while you're getting ready in the morning just to listen to that. It's better than watching the news, I promise. Oh, yeah. Way more better. Way more better. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the, the scripture in Joshua. Um, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that they, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous. That is so cool. You'll meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Nothing bad is going to come from you studying Scripture. And I'll, I'm, I'll tell you, it's not uncommon to fall asleep studying scripture. But that's, I'd rather fall asleep studying that than watching, you know, some shoot them up before I go to bed at night or the news. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, so that's important. Uh, the second thing he said was practice the word. So in James 1.22, it says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. So we can hear the word all day. We can, we can hear all the good things. We can go to every conference out there. We can come to church every time the doors open. We can watch every video that Curry Blake and Kenneth Hagin and Lester Summerall and, and all of them do. But if we don't do them, we wasted our time. You know, I've talked to Joey and, and, and Barry before. If I'm going to work on my truck... I'll get on YouTube and I'll find three videos that agree with each other. And then I'll do what they did. Because it's going to be odd that three people in three parts of the country made the same mistake. And then made a video about it. But that's how I learned. So if I'm willing to watch those videos to learn how to fix my truck, my washing machine, my garbage disposal, my whatever, then why wouldn't I give the same attention to the scripture that changes my life? that enhances my life, that makes me better than best, that, that makes me what God intended me to be. Why wouldn't I give time for that? And that's what we're supposed to do. So um, in every situation, every situation, through prayer and supplication and do what the word tells you to do, we don't have to step into any situation alone. That's the greatest thing. You don't have to step into any situation alone. And I can't tell you how many times in my life I felt like I was all by myself, that I was having to deal with this by myself before, before I let the Lord just kind of take over. One day when you just say Jesus is enough, that's when all the surprises happen. It's nothing amazing. We should expect it, but it's just living in the goodness of God is such a surprise sometimes. You wake up in expectation. And when you practice the word, you get up every day in expectation that you're going to get something good out of God that day. 
that day. You run into somebody that you, you haven't seen in 20 years. You, uh, it's like we mentioned last night, how many times have you called somebody and they said, well, I was gonna call you. I was, about, I was dialing Pam this morning and she sent me a text while I was dialing. You know, I was calling her to say, don't send me any texts, no, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, but it, it's, it's one of those things that as you practice the word, as you, as you get out there and live it wide open, as you trust. I had a situation, a personal situation, uh, financial situation that I've been waiting on now for six or seven months that um, I had finally just made my last, uh, wrote my last letter about it that I was going to write. And I just, I went to the Lord with it. Each time I wrote a letter, I went to the Lord with it. But the last time I went to the Lord with it, I said, I'm done. I'm not. Not again. I'm not going any further. And got an email Monday afternoon that it had worked out. So it'll, it'll be there. It'll be there. I've I got to sign a bunch of stuff, but that's fine. But the point I'm trying to make is I finally let go of it. I've always been that fix-it guy. I've always been the guy that thinks I can fix everything. No. No. That's not who we are. That's not what we're supposed to be. I love it when Pastor or Annette or any of y'all say, that's who we are. I've never been in a church where we're willing to admit, admit the whole thing, that's who we are. We heal the sick. We... We pray for people. We preach when we meet people. We, we do all that. That's who we are. That's practicing the word. You know, being willing. In my job, good thing is I'm a, I'm a contract employee. So even if somebody complained about me preaching, they can't do anything about it. They can't fire me. I, I'm independent. But golly, to walk into somebody's business, well, I can't talk to you today. This is going wrong and that's going wrong. It's, it's just a come back in another week. I'll, I'll, I hope things are better. And I'll say, okay, let me pray for you before I go. Their eyes get about that big. They don't expect that, but they love it. They, they crave it. And, and that's what we have to realize. People crave spiritual attention. They, they crave it. And when you offer it to them, it, it's like, where have you been all my life? You know, they don't even get it at home, y'all. They're afraid to tell their spouse that they're scared. They're afraid to tell their spouse that, they're, that there's a money problem. They're afraid, they're afraid. And when you offer them some spiritual uplifting, some prayer, they are so eager. They're so eager. You know, I've got that situation in Gwen that I met that one woman, I've told y'all the story, and I mentioned it at prayer time tonight. Now it's the talk of Gewing. That, that me praying for that woman and what I got for her, she's told everybody in Gewing. So everywhere I go, they say, you're that praying guy. You're the one that prayed for her. And it's weird, but it's cool because then they let you pray with them. And they get frustrated because you don't offer them that kind of money in prayer. But, you know, it just, the, you know, it's true. They, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's a different feeling when you go to a town like that and everybody knows who you are in, really, in a really good way. They know you. They, they see you coming. They want to talk to you. And it just opened up so many doors for, for prayer and for loving on people. But anyway, um, yeah, if we seek God's guidance through his word and the nudge of the Holy Spirit, 
then we'll have no problem in discerning the path we should take. And let me tell you all about the nudge of the Holy Spirit. If you ignore the nudge of the Holy Spirit enough, he'll quit nudging you. It just stops. And it's lonely. It's lonely. You know, if you're not, if you're not asking the Holy Spirit for guidance every day, you're missing such an opportunity at success of any kind of success, whether it's in your job, in your relationships, in, in walking a mile and a half. If you, don't, if you don't seek the Holy Spirit's guidance before you walk out of the house, you're shortchanging yourself every day. And I, I'll, I'll attest to that from personal uh, experience. Give the word, number three was give the word first place in your life. Uh, Proverbs, uh, let's see here. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Um, the reward is that, uh, let's see. Yep, let me start again. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. That's Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Isn't that amazing? It's not just that, that, they're, that they're just a saying, but they'll bring life. And he says they'll bring life and health. Wow. That's huge. So, so if you give the word first place in your life, It'll bring you health. It'll bring you life. That's amazing. You know, remember, going back to you, and the first time I talked to that lady, it turned into a Jesus talk, and I just folded up my stuff and set it aside and said, we can talk about this another day. And then she calls me two days later wanting to do business. That's because I gave first place to the Word. You know, and I told you all, I'd had, I'd, I'd had a slow month last month. And I needed to go ahead and close that sale. But if I had made that the priority, I wouldn't have all these other sales. I wouldn't have gotten that one. It would have been ignoring what the Holy Spirit called me to do. Because she needed, she needed that, that day. And so what has she done now? She's gone out and told everybody. And then one of the women today I talked to said, you need to marry that woman. I'm sorry, ma'am, she's 18 years older than me. I'll pass. But nice woman, though. don't get me wrong. Um, so it's going to bring health to all our flesh. It's going to bring life and health if we, if we give the word the very first place in our life. I just, I, I beseech you, don't go out of the house tomorrow without loading up, without getting full of the spirit, without, without feeding yourself. If you do, you're wasting your time. You'll just have a mediocre day. I don't have days anymore that I just kind of bump around and nothing happens. Something's going to happen every day and it's all going to be good. Um, my train wrecks now are just, you know, minor bumps. There are no derailments in my life. They don't, there doesn't have to be any. We can control that. And you control that by being in the Word. The fourth one said, instantly obey the voice of your spirit. I brought this up Sunday. I brought this up Sunday because going back, and I hate to keep using that same analogy with the lady in Ewan, but I have prayed with and or for every one of y'all at some point. Uh, and I've gotten something for a lot of y'all. And there's been times I've texted Joey or Pam or, or Barry 
or, or, or Susan, or Rebecca, darn, nearly everybody in the room. Sorry, Melissa and Barry. And Wendy, I just met you. I don't have your phone number, so we'll get there. But how many times, though, can I say that I got something, but I thought, I just know you so well that it's just something that anybody would have thought of, and you just let it go. It's like you think that, well, I'm just so familiar with them that, no, nah, that was just me. That was heartburn. That was a hiccup. That was the burrito I had for lunch. You know, you just, you let it go. You let it go. But then, the other day when I was with her and I was praying with her, and that, that unction I got, that, that hit, that I knew something. And it wasn't that I thought something. It was way different. It was way different. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Barry and I do Wordle. And it's kind of like when you finally get that word, it's like, oh, and, and the few times, the one or two times both of us have hit, we guessed the right word for the first line. You know, Wordle, you, you've got five letter words, six tries to figure out what it is. And occasionally, rarely, you'll guess the word on the first line. And when you do that, it's like, oh, and you're all, you're like, well, now I don't get another one until tomorrow. But that's the way it was when I was praying with her. It wasn't like I thought something. It was, I knew it. I knew it right then. I knew it. it, it like I know how to boil an egg. I knew it. It was just, it was part of me. It was such a part of me. So at that point, I had to let it out. I had to tell her. And, and when I asked her that question, you know, who owes you a lot of money? It freaked her out. I mean, she's Pentecostal like we are, but she, she got it, but nobody had ever done that to her before. And it was real. And it wasn't just that who owed her money, but she was about to get it back. And that God was going to get it back for her. The Lord's giving it back to her somehow. And I didn't give her a timeline or, you know, it's not the lottery. I didn't, but it's coming. It's coming. And this, she's been without it for almost 15 years. It's coming. So that was a big deal. So the same thing that I feel when I think of things with y'all, when I'm in prayer and I'm praying for Melissa or Barry or, or Matt or any of y'all, when I get that thing, I need to tell you I got that thing. I need to listen to the, to the spirit in me because my spirit is working along with the Holy Spirit. That's how the Holy Spirit communicates with us. It's through our spirit. It's not that he replaced it. He's working through it because we, we had a spirit anyway. So he's working with it. So, um, oh yeah, and I got to say this. I, a lot of times in the modern church, the modern church says, follow your heart. That's not what I'm talking about. If you follow your heart, you're going to get in trouble. Because your heart will always get you in trouble. Not sometimes, always. There's no other option for the heart but to get you in trouble. But the spirit won't lie to you. And you'll know the difference. I'm telling you, you know the difference when it happens. It, it's, like, it's like night and day. It, it's... It'll haunt you. Things of the heart do not haunt you. But when you've got something from the spirit that needs to be done, if you want to know if it's spirit or not, check and see if it, if it follows scripture. That, that makes it pretty quick. You can, you know, you got a cheat sheet right here that'll clarify everything you think and it'll let you know. Um, and I said this Sunday and I'll say it again. I will never again ignore a thought I have for one of y'all in prayer. I will come to you and let you know what it is. Because what have we missed 
sharing with each other that we've been given because we just thought it was, it, oh, I couldn't be it. It couldn't be it. But Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God will use our own spirit to guide us. How does he do it? Through the Holy Spirit, communicating to us through our spirit. How do we get that to happen? We stay in the word. We practice the word. We load up. That's how we keep it going. If we do all those things, we, if you're not studying at some level every day, you're cheating yourself. You just are. You know, I'm not going to say you need to watch this video or that video or read this particular scripture unless I get one. If I say I need, y'all need to read this scripture, it's not because I'm saying if you don't, you'll, you'll have a terrible life. It's because I saw something that was so important to me, I wanted to share it with you. And that, that it, might, it might not be that important to you at that time, but it could be. But um, anyway, that, um, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> as Forrest Gump would say. But y'all, it's just so important that, that we take our time, that we stay in the word, and that we practice it. It's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. Practicing the word. Everything else is just not as good. I'll put it that way. So anyway, all right, let's, uh, let's take our, our midweek Ties and offerings. I imagine Joey's about to be in the aisle.